This is Texas Soccer Radio. Texas Soccer Radio. This is Texas Soccer Radio. This is Texas Soccer Radio. Esto es Texas Soccer Radio. This is Texas Soccer Radio. Another Thursday, another week of Texas Soccer Radio. Very excited to be here once again. Uh, my name is Kyle Mankey. His name is Larry Leathers. This is Texas Soccer Radio, sponsored by Roughneck Scarves. We will talk a little bit more about that um, in just a moment, but I actually want to start this show off on a slightly more serious note than we normally do um, before we get into the shenanigans a little bit later on. Um but if you missed the announcement uh, earlier this week or the story earlier this week, uh, head, SAFC head coach Darren Powell's father um, was diagnosed with Parkinson's. And one of the cool things that Coach Powell is doing um, in honor of that, or in honor of him and to raise awareness of the disease, um, is he's going to be participating in a few different 5Ks on Saturdays before game days. So... Um, if you are interested in doing a run with Coach Pal um, in raising awareness of Parkinson's and um, treatment for that and everything, uh, make sure you check out SanAntonioFC.com and we'll try our best to retweet any sort of information that we get about that. Um, if you can't make it out, you are able to donate. Uh, <laughs> Of course, my internet is out right now. So uh, correct me if I'm wrong here, Larry, but you can donate to the Michael J. Fox Foundation. Is that correct? Correct. And that's that's uh, what I'm going to be doing because my fat ass ain't running anywhere. <laughs> I, I'm actually really interested in doing one of the runs. Um, the problem is that uh, in April and May, I'm coaching my son's soccer team on Saturday morning. So hopefully there's some in June through October, November, whenever the season ends. So... Uh, I'll definitely be out there. One, I plan on donating as well. Um, you, I believe SAFC was running a giveaway to where if you submitted a confirmation number or proof that you donated, it would enter you into win. Was it a jersey? Is that correct? I believe it was a jersey is what they're giving away. Cool. Um, so we're actually going to double down on that. Um, so I haven't even talked uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll get things figured out on our end, but um, we're going to double down on that. So if you um, donate to the Michael J. Fox Foundation, uh, make sure you get it to San Antonio FC and, and so that you can be entered in their giveaway, but we'll also hold a giveaway and uh, same, same rules. So um, just DM us. Our DMs are open on Twitter. Um, yes. You don't have to send us the amount. I don't care how much it is. Um, just send us the confirmation number uh, one entry per person, all that stuff. And we will give away a Jersey too. And in the weird chance that um, we draw the same winner as SAFC, we'll give it to the second place winner just to help spread the wealth. So um, there you go. So, um, you know, we, we support coach Powell and his family cause he's always been so great to us. So anything we can do to help out there uh, again, I don't care about the amount, just uh, send us the confirmation number, some proof um, through DMS that, you actually donated to the Michael J. Fox Foundation and we'll enter you into uh, a jersey giveaway and do it for SAFC too. Two chances to win. Cool stuff. Great cause. So, you ready for some shenanigans or was there anything you wanted to say there? No, I'm ready for shenanigans. <laughs> kind of hogged it a little bit. Sorry. I get really <laughs> like tight whenever I'm talking about something serious. I don't want to like accidentally curse or something stupid, you know? <laughs> Uh, well, leave it to me to be the one to say fat ass then. Ah, <laughs> oh, that doesn't count. That doesn't count. Um, so we, uh, moving on to more self-centered shenanigans, we made an announcement earlier this week in partnership with our new podcast partner, um, Beautiful right. Network, BGN. So we are so fucking pumped to be part of BGN, officially part of the squad um, we are really, you know, we're good friends with the USL show and play the kids and uh, all the million shows they're hosted on BGN. So it really only made sense for us to join up and I'm excited to be here. So 
Um, that's where that Roughneck Scarves partnership comes from, or sponsorship rather comes from. Uh, so thank you, Roughneck Scarves, for um, helping out BGN, and thank you, BGN, for having us. We're excited to be here. Hell yeah, we are. Not excited about my internet. I swear that's the last time I'm going to mention it tonight. <laughs> for some reason, every time I try and pull it up. So the important uh, thing is, is the podcast is working. So everything yeah. else is broke, but this is working at least. Yeah. So I can't. Uh, doesn't look like I'm going to be able to get to the Periscope comments very well unless I switch it up and do it from my phone. I can. Do I'll do my best to uh, hold it down then. <laughs> um. So let's dive into some San Antonio FC talk. What do you say? Um, let's do it. SAFC versus Swope Park Rangers. 1-1 draw at Toyota Field. Um, I unfortunately couldn't be there in person. I had to watch it, watch the replay after. Um, so what were your thoughts coming away from that game? Well, you probably made the right decision because that game was cold. <laughs> let's, let's start it off there. The wind was blowing out of the worst direction possible. It was literally coming straight at me where I have my seats in 108. Um, we brought in the blankets. We brought in everything. We were bundled up. It was a good time, though. It was a, a hell of a game. I dare say it was the best full 90 minutes that we've put together yet this season. I know that there was a lot of Twitter talk, and I, and I get it about the first 30. The first 30 was pretty boring. Uh, we weren't pushing or, or doing much of anything. We were kind of letting Swope Park run the ball around. Um, Aaron says that we need to start a GoFundMe to get you a new router. Dude, I don't know what's Thanks going on. Right. It's fine on my phone. I just switched it so my notes are on my iPad and my Periscope stream is on my phone. So. And White Fire says the cold won that game, and I, I'm – I'm tempted to agree because it was a pretty cold night out there at Toyota Field, especially for the beginning of April. <laughs> like, yeah. Get it together, Texas. We don't need this. And it's going to be cold again this weekend, too. It's supposed to be another night where uh, the high on Saturday is only like 70 and the lows like in the mid-40s. So it might be a little chilly and frigid at that game as well. <laughs> I was hoping I dodged it. Um, my wife and I's anniversary. This is the second year in a row there's been an SAFC home game on our anniversary. So... Um, we were running around downtown New Braunfels, freezing our butts off. So I can only imagine how cold it was sitting at Toyota Field. Getting up at halftime, and I, I, I did need to stretch. Like, just sitting there and freezing my ass off was, yeah, it was a thing. It reminds me of the first half of the OKC playoff game last year when you and I sat together yep. and it was cold as balls. I say it reminds me of the first half because I got so fucking drunk, I can't remember the second half very well. <laughs> That was my coping mechanism for um, it being cold. So Got to take advantage of the night where you're not up in the box, you know? Yeah, right. Well, if it's that cold this weekend, I might be watching from inside the box. We'll see. Hey, Jonathan said the same thing when we were, we were tweeting at each other during halftime, and, and he said he was tempted just to stay inside the box and just watch on the TV instead, and I didn't blame him for a bit for that. Well, it could be a little bit of a home field advantage um, given the opponent, uh, Orange County being uh, obviously from California. We'll talk about them a little bit later. We actually have an interview with Alicia Rodriguez from Angels on Parade, SB Nation, MLSsoccer.com, the million things that she does on the internet. Uh, and she drops some great knowledge about that club. So um, if you listen to the podcast version, you'll hear that in a little bit. But before we get there, I wanted to talk a little bit more about Swell Park. and. Absolutely. We saw Pekka get his first club goal uh, for SAFC. What do you think about that? You know, it was coming off of a particularly rowdy little fight there um, yeah. that kind of centered around Pekka too. There was some pushing and shoving going on there. Um, and Pekka broke off, ended up uh, having another foul on Pekka. And one of the Swope guys decided to come running across the field from, I don't know, 20 yards away, 30 yards away, not even close to the ball, come running up at full speed on Pekka while he wasn't facing him. And, uh, you know, Darnell King saw it coming and got in the middle of it before he could make, make contact with uh, Pekka. Um, yeah. Car King did end up walking away with a yellow. We had, what, two or three players from Swope walk away with yellows from that situation. Um, I... I'm not going to complain about Darnell coming to the defense of his own player who had his back to the guy that was charging him. Um, but it was quite the heated situation. And then right away, Pekka broke free um, when, the, when the play got restarted and, and ended up putting one in the back of the net for us. 
Yeah, that little shoving match was real interesting because uh, that first mat- that first uh, goal, Carlton Belmore was kind of taunting a little bit, kind of mm-hmm. telling the crowd to quiet down. Um, so I don't know if that's what sparked it or if it was just the physicality of that game because it was very physical in that first half despite not a lot happening before that uh, on the scoreboard. Um, so I, man, Darnell King with the freaking like save of the year right there. <laughs> like, uh, I, I wonder what would have happened if King wasn't there because if the orange, if the Swope Park player got the hit that it looked like he was going to get on Pekka from his blind side, I wonder like how badly that would have hurt you know what I mean? it would have ended up in red card city yeah it would have been red card city there for sure yeah that was bad um so uh, i i thought it was really great awareness of ever guzman to um play it back to pekka there because pekka stripped the ball got it to guzman and guzman gave it right back to him and it was a great shot it was kind of surprising that he hasn't scored more with such a touch but um it was it was enough to draw things level and that's where it stayed for the rest of the game yeah and the the rest of the game was a lot more physical um safc decided to start pressing a lot more after pekka got that goal Definitely kept the game a lot more interesting. We probably should have had at least one more goal in the back of the net. Uh, Guzman got got a good look at the goal with nobody in front of him and yeah. just put a little bit too much on it, and it went sailing right over the top bar. Yeah, uh, it true. probably should have ended up being 2-1 at the end of the day. We probably should have been able to get three points. Yeah, that was that was hard to watch it's always so hard to watch like obviously i'm not a professional soccer player by any means i i don't know how difficult that is but it's so frustrating to see the potential there and see the you know open net in that case and for it to go over the crossbar or or miss um it's it's frustrating i'm sure it's just as frustrating for them probably more frustrating oh absolutely you know it is what are you gonna do um, one thing that one person San Antonio FC was without was Mikey Lopez. Um, he was suspended for that match after picking up two yellow cards in the previous match. Um, but one thing that I was, um, surprised by this week, uh, I guess I misunderstood the, the rules in the USL media guide, but I'm not going to complain because we got official word that Mikey Lopez is at two yellow cards for the season as far as accumulation goes. How does uh, that even work? I don't know. I don't understand how the math worked out on that one. I don't know. Like I, I have poured over that media guide that has all the rules and regulations and everything else. And I don't like letter of the law. It seems like it should be at four but I'm not going to complain and I'm not going to snitch. So, um, you know, the league is aware of it and the team is aware of it. And we got confirmation that he is at two for the season. So I'll take it. I'll take it too. Uh, SAFC leading scorer and and just kind of an engine in that midfield. So um, that's exciting to know that he's got a little bit more of a cushion before he gets on accumulation warning. Um, the only SAFC yellow card that was given out was to King in the 32nd minute during that scrap, I believe. So, yep. um, you know, we'll, we'll take that. Swope um, managed to rack up five of them on their side. So yeah, Jesus, man. Um, Greg Cochran came on in the 75th minute, which is obviously a good sign. Um, I thought Mike Seth did pretty well again. I know that the goal got past Seth and past Felix, but Honestly, Carlton Belmar won USL Player of the Month this month, and he had my vote for Player of the Month uh, as far as the media votes. So uh, you're not going to stop that guy, <laughs> and I don't think the result would have been much different with Greg Cochran. So um, I think Seth's done good, but it looks like Cochran will probably be ready to go for Swope Park, I, w- I would guess. I hope that's the case. Me too. <laughs> but You're right. Seth didn't look bad. Um, just looking through the rest of these match notes, um, 
Connor Presley got the start again, came off in the 59th for Jose Escalante, who that was his club debut, right? That was his yep. first match with the club. Um, he like looked good that. too. Like really, he was a spark on the field when he came on for Presley. Not to say that Presley did a bad job this game by any means, uh, but you could definitely tell he was starting to get a little tired there with the constant press yeah. with the last 15 of the, the first half and then constantly in the second half. We were pressing like crazy. Um, and it was you could see that Presley was wearing down a little bit out there, which, I mean, we've got the players to, to fill those spots. So Escalante right. came on and, and looked like he was trying to make a big difference. I, I'm not going to complain about what we saw out of him. I'm torn now as to who I want to see start this week, honestly. This is kind of what we saw in the preseason, right? Where we have all of these wingers for San Antonio FC and just only two spots to play them. So I'll be interested to see how this all works out. Uh, I really think we're probably going to see a rotation to where, um, you know, minutes, managing minutes with Chris Tierpak and Jose Escalante and Connor Presley. Um, I think Omar Gordon might be on the outside looking in, which is my biggest surprise so far this season. I, I don't know that he's played to the level that uh, the club expected or that we expected. Uh, certainly not after what we saw out of him last year. That's for sure. Yeah. And I don't know if that's due to other changes in the lineup and him just not meshing as well. But yeah, you're probably right that he's, he's the odd man out at the moment. And the thing that drives me crazy about him is he's got such a great handle on the ball. And I don't know if it's a mental thing or, or a physical thing, but his shots, either he's not taking them or they're not there when he does take them. And if you're going to be one of the attacking drive drivers for this squad, I don't know, maybe you got to have more confidence, I guess, or, or you know, take your chances when they're there. I, I don't know how you fix that. Um, but that's just my observation is it feels like the shot isn't there for Gordon and that's affecting everything else. Well, I mean, it's, it's a long season. Hopefully he'll find it. Maybe he can, you know, be of some big help in the the latter half of the season when uh, people are starting to get tired after months and months of playing. Hi, Duncan and Moose. I was going to say not getting tired (laughs) of my dogs barking at the neighbor's dogs. Um, so that's cool. Uh, high-tech studios here. <laughs> um, so anything else you wanted to talk about with SAFC versus Swill Park? No, I'm just I'm excited to see where we're headed because I thought this was a really good game overall for for the team getting along and meshing well on the field. I think it's it's good for the future coming up here. Yeah, I do too. I I feel like even though it was a draw at home and that's always disappointing, I felt like there were a lot of positives to come away with and, um, you know, better a 1-1 draw than a 0-0 draw, I guess. I don't know. I, I feel like any time that the club scores is good because um, that has been a struggle in the past at times. So I'll take it. I'll take one point over no points any day of the week. So. <laughs> So before we get into Alicia's interview uh, or our interview with Alicia Rodriguez from Angels on Parade, uh, let's jump over to our Twitter questions. Been meaning to get to those earlier in the show than we have been. We just get distracted. So uh, Maximiliano says, looking at the Open Cup potential matchups, why do some of the amateur clubs get hosting rights? Could this translate to more USL clubs hosting MLS teams? Um, so the way that the hosting rights work for the U.S. Open Cup is a coin flip. Um, if both teams offer to host, they literally just flip a coin. It has nothing to do with if you're MLS or USL or lower or anything. Um, so that's it didn't used to be that way. I was reading about it. This was before I covered it. But I guess they used to um, allow teams to do closed bids and so MLS teams were just buying home games like DC United played like 17 home games in a row or something like that uh, open cup so yeah it's it's just a coin flip so um if the oh man what's the team name I should have had those in front of me I've got Uh, the team names there you go teamwork (laughs) um if we play the Midland Odessa Soccer's FC we will be playing in Midland um and if we play the Lakeland Tropics, that game will be here in San Antonio. 
And Lakeland is the team from Florida, right? Aren't they the ones who... Correct. They're actually an indoor soccer team first. They play, they're playing in the PDL right now. And they actually just a little less than a month ago had USL, uh, USL people out there in Lakeland. And they are gearing up to try to push for USL D3. So hey, that's cool. they're going to be coming into our league here soon enough, it looks like at least. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, yeah, so obviously we're pulling for Lakeland so that we can have a home match in the second round when SAFC comes around. I was I was telling my wife, like, this is the year I'm going to go to a away U.S. Open Cup game if uh, SAFC has to play their first round away. I was like, I can drive to DFW or Houston or Corpus or whatever it may be, but then it was Midland. <laughs> Well, I mean, there's always the next round if we advance. I mean, <laughs> we, played, we played the Dynamo before out in Houston. You weren't able to join me on that trip out to that game. I'm definitely down, depending on the day of the week, to make that trip again. So yeah. if uh, we make it past Lakeland or Midland and we uh, get a pairing with a MLS team that's, you know, away, hopefully Houston or Dallas, then I'm yeah. game to go. You'd think it would be one of those two because they pair those regionally and RGB is not competing as far as I know. So you'd think San Antonio FC is going to face off against either Houston or FC Dallas if they get through this first round. But I mean, I'm surprised we're pairing up early with the Lakeland Tropics. Like that's, that's a hell of a road trip for that team, man. (laughs) That's, that's really expensive for them. I, Hopefully it's worth it. Hopefully it's a fun time for them if it comes to that. Um, yeah, I call me a bad fan if you want to, or you know, too casual. But I just don't see myself driving to Midland for. Uh, yeah, game, I'm not, I'm not going to Midland. Yeah, <laughs> sorry guys. <laughs> um, anyway, so yeah, that's how home matches are are worked out. Um, White Fire Fifty Two says RGB never competes at anything. Um, they were eligible to compete their first year in 2016, but Houston Dynamo, from what we read, um, asked them not to. And then after that, they became ineligible because U.S. Open Cup changed their rules. So yep, here we are. Tomas Clark says, this ESPN Plus deal seems less than ideal. I don't mind having to pay, but if it isn't available in Xbox or PS4, I'll have to purchase something to watch on TV or have to stream on laptop. And we saw a couple folks in our mentions today talking about Roku as well. Um, I'm in the same boat. I've got a Roku stick down on my, my, my TV downstairs too that I was planning to watch through. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know how I'm going to do I'll probably end up streaming it straight from my phone to my tv if that's that ends up being the case and the roku doesn't get a uh, support from espn but I, I don't understand how you release something like this and not have your apps on xbox ps4 roku apple tv amazon fire tv all of the above you know that seems like you'd have support for all of those things right off the bat so that you could actually yeah. get your product into people's hands yeah, so I'm pulling up an article by Recode here, and it says that um, obviously it's going to be available for Android and iOS and then online, um, but that apps for, I'm trying to pull up the actual quote here, um, apps for other devices such as PlayStation and Xbox are in the works, quote unquote, um, which you shouldn't launch this without the support in place you're just shooting yourself in the foot yeah i mean mls live didn't even have an xbox app um in the entirety of its existence um which sucks i don't have a playstation but um one little workaround that i did have on xbox is um microsoft edge has a browser um in xbox so it's super janky and might not even work i haven't tried it yet but you might be able to go to the espn website or the espn plus website however it works out as if you were on a laptop and log in that way Hmm. um i watched some mls games last year through mls live that way by going to the mls website as if i was on a computer 
Um, it's a huge pain in the butt and it's not a long-term solution. Uh, so hopefully they get that worked out. But yeah, other than that, you'll have to stream it from an iPhone or a, a iPad or Android or whatever. So. Uh I don't get why this is so difficult. You've already got ESPN apps for all of these devices. Yeah. Like I can pull up ESPN through my Xbox right now and it's fine and my Roku stick and everything else. Like, yeah. It's just should be just flipping some switches and giving extra access to more content if you've got your login. And it seems like the big thing that screwed everything up was when they went from ESPN app for like scores, the score center app, I think it was called back in the day and watch ESPN for watching your content and listening right. to your content when they combine those that's when all the problems started happening and now they're adding this other service and it's a total mess um we do have confirmation from the league from our buddy chris hockman actually from back in the day he's with the usl now that um they are working with espn to get the usl its own section to to get it more visibility basically because right now in the ESPN plus section of the ESPN app, you have to search for individual teams oh, or God. scroll through for upcoming games um, by, you know, it's grouped in with everything with rugby, with cricket, with, you know, golf, everything. <laughs> um, so if you search San Antonio UFC, it pops up. That's easy. No problem. Knock on wood. Um, but if you want to see what else is going on in the league, it, it's here we are. Um, but there is a free trial going on for 30 days. So um, give it a shot. If you like it, awesome. If you don't, um, you know, yar. <laughs> <laughs> Not that I encourage any sort of illegal activity, but yar. Um, anyway. Yeah, so not a lot of Twitter questions this week. No, quiet week on Twitter. That's okay. Um, if you listen to the podcast, make sure you follow our podcast account on Twitter at TX Soccer Radio. Um, we're going to stop retweeting from 210 Soccer's account because I've kind of been piggybacking on that for long enough that it doesn't really make sense to have to um, if we're just going to keep retweeting everything from the other one. So make sure you follow that. Who knows? There could be another giveaway. Who knows? Um, God, just throwing out all the dough thanks roughneck scarves <laughs> just kidding um so yeah so if you are listening to the podcast version of the episode um you will hear our interview with alicia rodriguez she has been on the show a couple times um i chatted with her for the usl show for their western conference preview and um, she's just a great Twitter follow and a great read and uh, just someone you should be following in the soccer world. So if you're listening to the podcast version, stick around. You will hear that. And uh, thank you for listening. We'll be right back. And we're joined now by Alicia Rodriguez from SB Nation, among many other things. But um, for our purposes tonight, she is the managing editor of Angels on Parade, which is the LAFC blog on SB Nation, um, which also covers Orange County Soccer Club, uh, San Antonio FC's opponent this weekend. Uh, so Alicia, thanks for joining the podcast again, having you, having you back again. Pretty excited. Yeah, thanks for having me back. Uh, appreciate the uh, call to be on again. Um, so I, I wanted to talk to you about, before we get into Orange County, I just kind of wanted to pick your brain a little bit about what it's like to finally have a, another MLS club to cover there. I know you were kind of teamless there uh, as far as the MLS side goes until LAFC got going. So does it feel good to have, uh, you know, play to actually cover now other than, you know, player signings and that kind of stuff? Yeah, it absolutely is. Uh great i'm i'm really excited to to have games to actually follow again um you know it's it's been interesting because it's been nice to sort of see the the view from the other side of you know folks who don't have a local team to to root for every week um and then it's i'm not gonna lie it's nice to also have the experience of having a, a team to root for again and i think um getting the circumstances where you go from having a team uh, disappear to having to wait for a few years for a team to then having uh, an actual team again um, 
you know, you, I, I, I feel like I value it a little bit differently than maybe I would have otherwise. Makes sense. Um, but you have had Orange County uh, for the last couple of years, back when they were the OC Blues and now the rebranded Orange County SC, um, off to a really hot start this year, um, near the top of the table. Of course, it's still so early that it's kind of jumbled up there, but currently in second place in the USL West. Um, what can you kind of attribute the team's success to so far this year? Well, I think it's been a few things. I think the way that they've uh, constructed the roster this time, uh, this year I think they've gone for a little more experience um, among the players that they've brought in. They've, they only have a few holdovers from last year. That's not really anything different from years past for this team. They usually do a lot of heavy turnover year to year for various reasons. Um, but they brought in some more experience. They brought in two guys from Denmark. Um, they've got a guy from Ghana. They've got a couple guys um, with considerable USL experience. Uh, they've brought in some loanies from MLS teams who've been contributing so far. So uh, there's a nice little mix there. And I think that that has helped a lot. And then I also think that, um, you know, they don't have to worry about the schedule this year. That was something that was a big concern last year for them. Um, so what happened last year was they opened their uh, permanent stadium in uh, late August um, it's a really nice venue and I can understand why they wanted to, you know, play as many games as possible there. But what happened was they had a lot of buys early in the season and they backloaded their schedule to try and play as many games in the new place as possible. Um, and they didn't really have a lot of depth and just the speed and, um, you know, speed of games just really snuck up on them. They couldn't cover and, you know, all those games in hand that they had on the rest of the the conference they could not make up and they just kind of fell flat in the end so they don't have to worry about that this year this year they have a normal schedule uh they're not going to have to deal with any kind of crazy um you know road trips or you know tons of buys or anything like that and I think that that for the rhythm and um you know hopefully trying to not extend their depth too far um you know should should be helpful for the whole season we'll see though and I kind of wonder how much that playing on the road experience from last year helped them in the early uh, start of this season. They're 2-0-0 and on the road, uh, having taken away a victory from OKC and then absolutely demolishing Tulsa 5 nothing in Oklahoma. Um, do you see this as a team that, you know, finds strength on the road? Or is it kind of too big of a turnover to really have that effect from last year? I think it's probably um, too early to tell and it's probably too much turnover. Although one thing I will say is the coach is Braden Cloutier this year and he, it's his first uh, professional job, you know, pro head coaching job, but he'd been assistant coach for three years before that. So he knows this team, he knows this organization. So that in that way, there wasn't some kind of big transition phase and getting used to, you know, the new system and what does this boss want? I think it was a lot more seamless. Um, I think with it being only two road games so far, I think also with the fact that um, the Oklahoma teams were pretty weak that week, um, you know, it seems like so far they've been off to rough starts. Um, I'm not sure if I'm ready to sort of say that they're road warriors and they're just going to blow by everyone. I think there's going to be a lot of rough uh, road games ahead. But I think they had, you know, good timing and they started to find some form um, and that kind of came together for them. And I definitely think that being on a three-game winning streak at the moment is, is not going to hurt their chances for San Antonio. But, yeah, I mean, I would like to see at least a few more road performances before we, you know, make any conclusions about that form. Can you kind of describe the play style that San Antonio fans might see coming up and RGV fans for that matter? I know after San Antonio on Saturday, the quick turnaround Wednesday night to play in RGV. So what kind of play style could uh, fans expect from this team? I think they're a team that wants to hold a lot of the ball. Um, I know, you know, in USL, one of the interesting things is um, the counterattack and playing long has been really successful for a lot of teams. And I think playing possession style can be really hard. Um, and that's why a lot of teams don't do it. You know, it's, it's, if you're able to 
you know, get the ball up. I, I don't make any judgments. You know, I think a lot of people have like value judgments when it comes to playing long. Um, you know, it's not proper soccer or whatever, but you know, you, you play how you need to play. But I think um, if you can pull off a good possession style and attack, something that's holds the ball, but it's also, you know, fast paced, it's exciting. Uh, it can also be pretty successful because you're keeping the ball from opponents. Um, that's something that they've been striving for. And I think so far they're starting to put that together. Um, I've also seen halves where they're not holding the ball too much and they're kind of trying to rely on some counterattacking and they, they seem to be able to do some of that as well. But when I spoke to Cloutier, he said that he wanted to play like Spurs and Liverpool. So, you know, if you, mm-hmm. if you follow those teams or mm-hmm. what's going on in England, those are exciting attacking teams. And that's kind of his, um, his objective. And I think that that's a pretty interesting one. Um, beyond that, they have uh, guys who can finish. Um, you know, they've got uh, Thomas Enavoldson, who's been off to a good start. They've got Michael Seaton, who bounced around MLS for a while. And um, he's on the board, and he's somebody who I think is rounding into some form now. Uh, Nancil Selbol from Swart Park Rangers is with the team now, and he scored a pretty outstanding goal uh, to cap off the win at the weekend. You know, I think in USL, considering it's a development league, um, you find a lot of guys who are really promising but can't really put it together. And I think if Orange County can get two or three guys who can actually get the ball in the back of the net consistently, they're going to be just fine and and they're going to be, you know, in a good spot in the Western Conference this whole season. I haven't gotten a chance to really dive deep into the roster uh, construction, but is it a lot of guys who are signed directly to the club or a lot of guys who are being loaned down from LAFC or kind of a mix? How does that sort of round out for this roster? Yeah, believe it or not, they don't have any guys on loan from LAFC at the moment. Um, Part of that I think is because of uh, LAFC's roster is really short. They only have 23 guys available. Um, So they're, (laughs) They're trying to make do with what they got at the moment. I expect they're going to have probably a guy, you know, one or two players come down at some point um, when they fill out the numbers a little bit more. But the MLS players who are on loan this at at the moment uh, to Orange County are Alex Cronale from Columbus Crew SC, um, Mark Segbers from the New England Revolution. He's a rookie, but he's he's been doing really well so far for OC. And then – Andre Rawls, he's a goalkeeper for NYCFC. So, um, you know, three guys with different experience levels, but uh, they've all three have been good contributors so far. So um, I think probably OC is, is grateful for these teams for, for sharing their players that they apparently don't want to play right now. With San Antonio being the NYCFC affiliate, it kind of made me laugh to see Andre Rawls go a little further across the country yeah. <laughs> to Orange County, but... Uh, I guess that's just a product of SAFC's roster construction, I would guess, with Diego Restrepo. But sure. um, yeah, that's that's really interesting. I didn't realize I I knew that LAFC was short on their roster, but it didn't click that that means that Orange County probably isn't getting a lot of loanees. So that's that's interesting for sure. Um, was there anything else about this club that may be surprising to folks, or, or something that's new this year that maybe flew under the radar? Um, you know, I don't know if there's any one thing that really jumps out, but I will say that I think it's, it feels like if Orange County is able to really put together a good season, that this could be kind of a breakthrough potentially for them. You know, um, Southern California is a really, uh, busy place. There's a lot going on. There's a lot of sports happening. And I think, um, with the rebrand of, Orange County SC last year, I think that was a good move, uh, kind of, you know, starting fresh in a, in a, you know, to an extent was, was smart for them. And they've done some more marketing this year. I think they're getting out to the local market more and that's starting to show up a little bit in their outreach and, you know, bringing in people to games and that kind of thing. But I also think that another side of it is getting Uh, league-wide recognition and obviously when you have a league of 33 teams there's a lot of competition for eyeballs and that's totally understandable but Orange County has been really a pretty neglected team on on the national level for a long time 
you know, whether they're good or they're not good, uh, it really doesn't seem to matter. They're just kind of not, not in anybody's radar. And I think if they're able to really put together a good season, um, that could have a snowball effect for them, you know, on the field, off the field, and, and potentially raise their kind of prestige level around the league you know, to, to a, a level that we haven't seen before. And I think that that would obviously be a very good thing for them. I might be misremembering this because this is off the top of my head, but weren't OC Blues one of the only West Coast teams in USL for a little while? Or like, Yeah, they were the first. So they were the first team like west of the Mississippi, I think. Um, and basically they were the team that kind of staked the claim out here to make uh, USL more of a, a national league. So yeah, right. the, the original owner... Um, Ali Mansouri, you know, he's, he's hailed as a, a pioneer. And I think he really does deserve that kind of credit for being somebody who, who got the ball rolling to make USL more than a regional league, uh, to make them really big time. And uh, yeah, all the rest of the Western Conference can thank, uh, you know, the Blues slash Orange County for, uh, right. for getting it started um, back in 2011. That's awesome. Um, well, Alicia, thanks again for hopping on with me. Uh, once again, hopefully it won't be the only time this year. I feel like you and I have crossed paths a whole lot between the USL show and SB Nation and everything yeah. else. So it's always good to to catch up. For sure. And uh, yeah, obviously it's going to be an interesting game this weekend and uh, we'll see how it goes for our teams this year. Yeah, first game that you'll have to watch on ESPN Plus from a USL standpoint, right? That's... Yep, make sure you sign up for the, the free trial, right? We've got to get our <laughs> plugs in, right? <laughs> God, yeah, I have so many plugs to do this episode, but that's a whole nother story. So uh, you can follow along with Alicia uh, on social media at Soccer Musings on Twitter. Um, you can find her work uh, at Angels on Parade. Is it angelsonparade.com? That's right. Perfect. Um, and she's also a contributing editor at MLSsoccer.com. Um, like I said, all over the place for soccer media. So is there anywhere that I missed that you'd like for uh, people to come check out your work? Nope. Those, those are the only places that, that cool. that'll do it. <laughs> that, just those little things. <laughs> cool. Well, thanks again, Alicia. We will uh, talk with you soon. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks again. So we are back. Thank you to Alicia for that interview, for taking time to do that. Um, genuinely a pleasure to chat with her every time we get to. Um, so Larry and I were just talking and we didn't really talk about our thoughts on Orange County and the matchup here. So Larry, what do you got? I think it's going to be a tough match. These guys are getting hot right now. They're on a three game winning streak. They've put up nine goals in the last three games, including a 5-0 shutout of the Tulsa Roughnecks and a 3-0 shut out of the LA Galaxy 2. So I think we're going to have our hands full this weekend. These guys are getting hot right now. Yeah, there there was a lot of turnover um, from last year to this year. And this is and a new head coach. <clears throat> this is not the same squad that, um, you know, got beat up on a couple years ago. Yeah. So I I'm genuinely think that this could be an exciting match. I, I they're near the top of the table right now in second. Obviously, it's super early, so don't put too much into that. But, um, yeah, I, I think it's going to be tougher than people would have thought coming into the season. What do you think the final score is going to be? What's your score prediction this week? Oh, man. Um, I'm going to go look at – so other than Tulsa, most of their games have been – fairly close affairs so i'm gonna go i'm gonna go 2-1 san antonio it's been a few weeks since i've had kind of a homer pick so i'm gonna go 2-1 san antonio fc over orange county what about you i'm looking at a repeat of swope last week we're going 1-1 we're gonna get one point out of this game oh, man this is weird i'm not usually the homer pick guy no you're not <laughs> usually me yeah, I don't know. They're, they're just getting so hot right now. It scares me. I think we'll be able to shut them down for the most part. We've got a yeah. solid defense that seems to be finding their own now um, after the swoop game. So I think it'll be a close game, but I think it's going to end up in a, end in a tie. 
Yeah. One of the things that I think is most curious about this is assuming nothing changes, uh, Orange County's goalkeeper right now, <clears throat> excuse me, sorry, I'm getting over a cold. Um, I thought I was going to be able to make it through without saying that, but Orange County's goalkeeper right now is Andre Rawls, who is on loan from NYCFC. Um, yeah. How about that? Be, <laughs> I don't expect this to happen, but it would be super cool if uh, he wasn't allowed to play because of the affiliation and they had to go to their second string keeper. Ooh, that's, that's an interesting thought. I hadn't considered that. Yeah. I don't see it happening. Um, but that would be neat. <laughs> Maybe Mikey needs to go put a goal in on him. Yeah, right. How how nice would that feel scoring against your old teammate? But yeah, it's. I kind of mentioned it to Alicia too in our interview that um, it would be, um, you know, kind of interesting to see what would have happened if SAFC wasn't able to hang on to Diego Restrepo if maybe it would have been Andre Rawls and Matt Cardoni competing for a starting spot. Um, but you know, it's it's a crazy world out there. <laughs> Aaron, Aaron asks, yeah, yeah, go, go ahead. ahead, go ahead, go 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 for it. Uh, Aaron asks, "What happened to Charlie Lyons? Had a great time yelling angry compliments at him last year." <laughs> um, I actually haven't looked into it to be honest with you. Um, let's see if we can find out real quick. Yeah, I'm looking. I don't see anything about it. Um, it looks like he. Where are you at? Where is uh, he? I don't know. It he's, says he's, oh, no, that's 2017. It looks like he's, is he still on Orange County? I don't know if he is. Is he out? We're going to find out. Gosh darn it. <laughs> this is quality podcasting right here. Yeah, yeah no, he's not on the on the Orange County roster this year. I don't know what happened to him. He dropped off the face of the planet. I mean... That's USL, right? You have starters that retire the next year to go back to college or all sorts of stuff. So, yeah, I don't know what happened to him. We'll, we'll keep searching. Hashtag, where's Charlie Lyons? Hashtag, Lions Roar. Hashtag, Charlie, I don't know. <laughs> I loved that last year, though, when um, the Beer Garden and 210 Alliance and everybody was yelling angry compliments at him. And I think he even took to Twitter afterwards to compliment San Antonio's fans on um, being so absurd about how they handle themselves. Yeah, yeah. I cannot find anything about Charlie Lyons. I have no clue where that guy's playing now. <sighs> it's a big mystery. Maybe he's in San Antonio. You never know. <clears throat> anyway. Anything else you want to talk about with Orange County? I think we're good. I think we covered it. Sounds good. And we'll get the rest of the score predictions for the 210soccer.com uh, game preview that we put out every week. I try to anyway. So you can check that out at 210soccer.com. Um, quick plug um for 210soccer.com jonathan check wrote a really interesting piece on mikey lopez uh, and chatted with him for a little bit and uh put out a really good piece a couple days ago so if you haven't checked it out make sure you do so 210soccer.com uh, jonathan checks latest article i should have an article about connor presley hopefully coming out friday morning if not it might get pushed to monday we'll see um, me getting sick this week has kind of pushed everything a little bit wonky, but um, we'll see. Had had a really good time sitting down with Connor and getting to know him a little bit better for that story. So exciting stuff. Austin native, very proud of it. Um, moving away from SAFC, um, we were going to talk about the Open Cup opponents and ESPN Plus. We've kind of already done that. So yeah. the last two big things we had. Um, USL expansion-wise, Hartford is set to convert a historic stadium for USL. Um, and it actually looks like a pretty awesome place to play. So uh, are you ready for that Whale City FC, hopefully? Dylan Stadium, man. I've, I've said it already a few times. That is where my wife is from up there in the Hartford area. All of her family is back there, except for her grandparents that live here in San Antonio. Um, 
So if there's games up there, uh, there's a good chance I'll actually get to go to one at some point. There you go. That'd be cool. Do some scouting of the USL East for us. I mean, if I'm up there and there's a game, I'm, I'm going to go, I'm going to make it a point. So it's, it's going to happen at some point. I don't know when, but it will. That'd be dope. Um, So good to hear from them that, uh, you know, it's not going to be, it'll be a good playing environment. It's not going to be a stadium where it sounds like they'll have to move over and over or cause any drama. It sounds like it's going to work out really well for the city and for the team. So I don't expect San Antonio to make it out there or any Texas team to make it out there um, because we do expect that central conference to come in, but you never know with uh, playoff championship, maybe USL cup championship one day. I don't know. It's going to be an interesting place to play. I mean, I'm in a big uh, text group with a lot of her family, and the last few weeks, it's been nothing but, hey, it snowed again. Here's another picture. <laughs> like, oh, hey, we got another foot of snow today. How about this? Yeah. Great. Hey, there's more snow. Guys, stop sending me snow pictures. I don't need to see them. They all look the same. Um, yeah, so there's a lot of snow up there. So it should be interesting for the first, uh, you know, two or three months of the season if they have uh, cold winters like they have this year. Yeah. Yeah, man. I, the weather this year has just been nuts. Like, if you've been following soccer or baseball or any outdoor sport, um, I don't – or, shoot, even last weekend in San Antonio, yeah. that was pretty cold too. No snow, but still. Yeah, I, I'm happy to live in Texas. <laughs> we deal with snow once every 20 years. Um, the last thing is uh, more of an MLS expansion topic, but Cincinnati appears to have the green light for an MLS stadium inside the city. It looks like they've come to an agreement with the school district up there to uh, get a stadium built on the West End, and uh, there it is. So I I would expect with I don't want this to turn into a controversial statement, but announcement imminent. I would expect with Columbus probably leaving and with, with Cincinnati drawing the attendance that they do, they're probably going to get it. And that sucks for Sacramento, but Hey, I mean, if Sacramento would have had their money all together at the beginning, then this probably wouldn't be a big issue. Probably already be a done deal at this point. (laughs) It sucks, man. Cause like when Sacramento started all this and San Antonio too, of course, but um, when Sacramento started all of this, like they should have been in, they checked all of the boxes, everything looked good. Um, but in the four years plus that this process has gone on, um, MLS has passed them up and they need that billionaire with a B. So another billionaire with a B. So it sucks for Sacramento fans that wanted MLS, but I think the biggest hope now for San Antonio too, um, potentially, is that USL just becomes a really badass league or continues to become a really badass league to be a part of. Um, and it feels more and more, you know, less minor league and more of its own thing. Yeah, definitely. You're on the right track there. But yeah, I'd expect a Cincinnati announcement incoming here in the next I don't know, month or so, hopefully. <laughs> Considering they're already, what, four or five months behind on the announcement? I was going to say MLS only missed their deadline by uh, a few minutes, yeah. a few months. Still uh, the beginning of the year, right? Yep. April. <laughs> <laughs> um, as far as Columbus and Austin go, there, there haven't been any huge breaking announcements this week. Um, there were a couple of things that were put out by the city attorney of Columbus, uh, basically asking for a pause. I guess we should talk about this. This is kind of big, but asking for a pause in the six month um, notice that uh, PSV says that it's given in two different ways at two different times. Um, And it sounds like Columbus is going to double down and try and stall this in courts as much as possible. Um, Taking just looking at it objectively, I think it's kind of hilarious that you know you put in this law that may or may not be constitutional, and you say it has a six month warning, six month notice, and then you say actually you can't give the six month notice yet. Um, <laughs> like I, I don't know where their basis is on that, and 
they're scrambling. They're in panic mode. They're trying to save what they can. Yeah. I, I mean, we don't even really know if they have the the money needed to actually purchase the team. And that may be what this is about is giving giving the city more time to drum up support and actually find legitimate money to yeah. make a competent offer on the team that a pre-court would actually have to consider. Yeah, not to, you know, part of the, not to play internet lawyer, but part of the reason that that law is so controversial is so much of it is undefined. And so what a reasonable offer constitutes as and um, how to provide the six month notice, whether it has to be delivered to someone specific or in a specific channel. There's a lot of unknowns with that law um, and it's going to cause some issues if that's what they're standing on. Um, the other thing is that another MLS team has been valued at much higher than what people expected. Half uh, a billion dollars. Yeah, DC United, <laughs> half a billion for their latest valuation for a buyer, potential buyer, confirmed buyer. I'm not really sure where we stand as of Thursday night, but um, yeah, the the point is that the valuation that that person that that group would be buying in at is half a billion dollars um i just it's amazing how off those forbes lists were that had la galaxy as the highest valued club at like 200 million once again i i don't know we, we talked about this with orlando in their valuation i'd be curious to know if the dc united bid also includes the cost of the stadium I don't know what the stadium ownership's like out there and how much of that plays into that valuation. I would assume, I said this before, but I'd assume that in Columbus, they would not be including the stadium in the bid. So yeah. I'd still expect them to, now looking at what we've seen with these valuations, $300 million, I'd say, yeah. ballpark, if they don't include the cost of map-free stadium. You'd think, right? I don't know. It's it's hard. It's a really crappy situation for everyone involved up there. I'm sure the fans in Austin don't want a team this way, um, though they're not going to say no, most of right. them, um, which I don't blame them for. But it's it's hard, man. It's it's a crappy situation all around. But um, it it also makes me wonder, like, how the Spurs bid is like when they announce it's active again if they announce that it's active again um like these these valuations are a lot higher than they were um back in 20 you know 2016 when they officially got into the game right. and makes me wonder if you know they would try and get another ownership involved or you know i i don't know it's a mess yeah, it's, it's, it's a big mess Get with not a lot of answers. Come to San Antonio. <laughs> and we've said this before, I'll say it again, we should not hear anything about, well, at least on the Austin side of things with the the move until June 1st. That's yeah. the next big date in that situation. So we've got a month and a half to go before we hear anything out of that end, unless something crazy happens between now and then. Yeah, which it probably will, knowing yep. all of these situations. So anyway... Anything else for tonight before we call it a night? I think that's it. Sweet. Again, if you have been listening on Periscope, make sure you go back and listen um, to the Alicia Rodriguez interview that we did. Um, it was super, super fun getting to chat with her. Um, and again, very excited. Man, I'm going to try and not mess this up my first time. Very excited to be part of BGN. Genuinely, um, you know, the, the main reason we didn't do that earlier is my fault <laughs> like full, full <laughs> disclosure um i i have issues like accepting help or giving up any sort of control on anything and uh bgn and uh specifically phil grooms and, yeah. and phil did a good good Mike Spark. This is solid yeah the, those guys answered all of my ridiculous questions and put my mind at ease that we're in good hands so i'm really really excited to be with bgn um so thanks to everyone i'm definitely not reading this off a of script this will be more natural later <laughs> sorry uh thanks to our sponsor roughneck scarves official scarf supplier to mls usl and u.s soccer you get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com um, so thank you again to Roughneck Scarves. Uh, they genuinely do make 
awesome stuff. Um, I've uh, had a couple of their scarves in my closet and I've seen a lot more out and about. And uh, if you haven't already, make sure you check them out. Roughneckscarves.com. Good shit. Custom scarves? Did you say that? Custom there scarves? Yeah, let's do it. Texas talking to, um, yeah, Texas Soccer Radio scarves there, maybe? <laughs> let's do it. We'll have to figure out what the other side will say. Oh, oh. let's think about that one. We'll think about it. Listener suggestions always welcome. <laughs> anyway, thanks again so much for listening. I've been Kyle Mankey. He's been Larry Leathers. We will see you next week, Thursday night, 9 p.m. Periscope, be there. Yes.